Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you ought to, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the evening with me as always philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter and quickly climbing the ranks as one of the best baseball writers in town charlie o'connor charlie we didn't plan this. No, we, not only we dress the same. Time. Not only do we have the exact same color jersey, it's, we're both wearing Bryce Harper. They're both jerseys. Harper jerseys. It's. I mean, I would just like that's it's probably the most popular one in the city. It's yeah. even the blue one too. Definitely. See, the thing that's been frustrating for me this year is that I was able last year to cycle through my two jerseys. One is this one. The other one is my pinstripe Reese Hoskins jersey. Well. He hasn't played games. So I, I still wear it, but not as often. I have one of the um, like the reverse of these when they did the all burgundy. With yeah, the red. Yeah. I have a Hoskins one of those. And I was like, maybe I'll do that for some luck. There's a rumor <laughs> going around. Maybe he throws out the first pitch tonight. That'd be I was cool. Like, oh, that'll be cool. And I was like, oh, I got to go with Bryce. Like, I, I have yeah, to do well, it. Yeah, so. well, he's playing. Yeah. So I'm going to wear the jersey of someone who's, who's playing. actually in the game. Exactly. I like that you, as, as a respected member of the media, are not one of these anti-jersey guys. Of course not. I, I appreciate that. I won't, I won't wear a hockey jersey anymore but well, any, any of the other li- leagues no problem as someone who doesn't care at all i could see how that would be like a little much for you yeah like i don't care if you were to wear a jersey oh i know but like i mean i still own jerseys i, I just why, don't wear them anymore. i can hockey see why ones. someone would interpret that as inappropriate anyway <laughs> um yeah so there's you know playoff baseball happening in a few hours in this city but we are here to talk about yours mine and our philadelphia flyers and uh, biggest news coming out of camp chuck big news uh yeah tanner lazinski and cal peterson both waved that happened uh, a little bit before 
tour. We took the air today. It just uh, seemed to hit Twitter. Yeah, that, now, that stuff gets those yeah. those reports, those the, names come out at 2 p.m. Yeah. basically. So that came out. You know, I guess it's theoretically possible that sometimes teams will put a guy on waivers and then not actually send them down just to have the flexibility to do it in the future. With these two guys, though, I would be shocked if if both of these guys weren't down in the minors tomorrow. I and, just they, they yeah. were they were both fairly long shots to make the team. I think Tanner Lazinski maybe came into camp with a little bit more hope just because he was He's on the been team. Been on the bubble before. Yeah, he was on the team pretty much all last year. He was a prospect they developed, but I didn't think he had a bad camp, but he clearly did not catch the attention of, of John Tortorella, who has been a skeptic of him pretty much for the entirety of his tenure as coach of the team. And uh, that comes on, I think yesterday's cuts got announced, like right when we were done. Yes. Uh, Ollie Lixell, Matt Brown, Brendan Furry, uh, Cooper Marodi, Adam Brooks, Rhett Gardner, Victor Mete, Mateo Mann, nothing... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nothing crazy. No, no, There could be other big. cuts coming today, but like the waivers gets announced. So you see that maybe exactly. there's more. But right now where we are, uh, Tuamala's still around. There's some guys still hanging on, some bubble guys who might factor into tomorrow's game. We will talk about... Uh, We'll talk about the remaining roster battles as we move through today's show. Uh, but that's pretty much what we have to catch up on. Oh, <laughs> we have to. I, I don't think the last few shows there's been enough Matvey Mishkov content. Not quite enough. Uh, especially considering any worry about what this guy <laughs> and like 18 playing in a pro league like you know the the ska stuff we said it's probably just a little bit of sour grapes over him wanting to go to the nhl one day even though he says he's going to honor his khl contract yeah. whatever but he is dominating with sochi uh, he's played eight games he's got four goals six assists played against his uh you know the club that actually has his rights sky yesterday that was great goal and two assists in a what is being called a pretty big upset win for them. Yeah, five yeah. four win. Uh, I, I think the big thing with that, and, he's and been this, incredible. Well, it's just it's just one of those things where you love to see that a young player has a fuck you game in him. Yeah, and that was very clearly a fuck you game because well, he said like uh, apparently his you know father passed away in Sochi. And he really didn't want to get sent back there yeah. because of just like the feeling of yeah, being which there. Yeah, completely and, fair. Like, no, no, yeah, you're gone. And if not for the one game where he played like five minutes for Scott, like he'd be amongst the league leaders, like points a game, he'd be at like one, two, five. Like just his Sochi numbers are absolutely sick. I was looking into some of his game logs. Four multi-point games, including the three points yesterday. He's had two plus shots in seven of eight games. Like... Kid, he's bold. Like, he goes for it. He creates his <laughs> own opportunities despite just being 18. He's freaking good, man. And I don't think anyone really had any worries. It's just like, when's he going to get here? But if you did have the slightest... <laughs> he's been he's been awesome in the KHL. Yeah. Well, if you were if you were a hardcore Negadelphia type of yeah. fan, you could look at it as, oh man, like did we draft this bust? He can't even make his KHL team. They won't even start him. And pretty much everyone that follows this closely was saying, no, trust me, he's real good. The ska leadership, the coach, they're just kind of nuts, and they're clearly holding a grudge against this kid. It has nothing to do with his ability. It's just politics. But there was still maybe that lingering doubt for some people. 
people that, well, maybe he's not as good as we think he is. And then he gets loaned to, this isn't even a, like a, a team in the second tier Russia League. This is a team in the KHL. This is a team playing against the team that, for whatever reason, decided he just didn't deserve to play for them. And Mevi Mitchkov was one of the biggest reasons why Sochi pulled the upset over that team that, for whatever reason, just didn't think Mitchkov was good enough to play for them. And it just is, it's a reminder that, yes, this guy is that good. Yes, this guy, when he comes over, is going to have an immediate impact. Now, obviously, we'll see what degree of impact he's going to have when hopefully he does make it over to the NHL, to the Flyers. But the fact that he's doing this at such a young age, it, it very much keeps the possibility open, if not makes it likely, that he has star-level potential in the NHL when he gets here. It's... <laughs> Things might start where I know I, we, we've like a running theme on this show has been the Flyers look just has to turn at some point. You think, right? It's like, you know, you, they draft this kid. Maybe he's the second or third best player in the draft. They get him at seven. It's like, yeah, he immediately got buried by his KHL club. Of course that happens. Yeah. And it's just like one of those lights at the end of the tunnel. And man, I hope he's here before the three years, but it looks like he's going to be worth the wait when he gets over here. I mean, he could, with the way he's trending right now, he's what is he still 18 or is he officially turned 19 in any case he's still a teenager and he could ultimately end up being near the top if not at the top birthday's in december okay so he's still 18 now he'll be he'll be 19 19 december December 9th okay doing some quick but point being is that this is a guy who he's a teenager and he could ultimately be near the top if not at the top of the khl and scoring when all is said and done that's that's bonkers that is absolutely bonkers most teenagers aren't even playing for khl teams and this guy isn't just playing he's excelling he's thriving he's racking up the points and yeah obviously fans are going to hope that he's going to get over here sooner but if he just has to tear up the khl for two or three years and just get that hype even higher and higher like i can live with it get get the flyers another couple blue chip prospects while they're waiting we made this uh we made this comparison before well i did um nothing's going to compare to the Lindros hype because he was the next one. They were literally saying he's Gretzky, but 6'4", like, and built like a house. You know, like, this dude's going to be the next Mario, the next Gretzky. He's the next great player. That sort of hype I don't think can be matched. Um three years to wait for this guy though it's gonna be a boiling point when it fight like we're gonna have a parade not like a championship parade but the people like going to Voorhees it's yeah. gonna be like the opposite of a funeral procession well <laughs> I, I I joked a couple days ago that if Mitchkov is as good as everyone is saying he's going to be that they are going to have to take the air hockey thing that he played at in <laughs> Voorhees before he got drafted and like, have to like put it in the hall of fame take it out of the training center bring it to the hockey hall of fame or at least bring it to maybe there'll be a flyers hall of fame they can drop it in just to just to because you know it was that air hockey game that convinced <laughs> Mave Mitchkov that yes if the flyers take me i will come over there and i will I, be their next star it's gonna be like we're both wearing the harper jerseys and i just remember when he got here like these were really hard to find because there was a shortage on r's you know because <laughs> there's two r's in the name so they were like they were back ordered oh at God. the stadium <laughs> because there were not, not enough r's to go around there might be a shortage of uh, M's yeah. I think when this when this actually goes down. Very Looking forward possible. to it. Uh, before we get into the um, 
the bulk of today's show, which is Brink v. Forster. The, the, battle, <laughs> the, 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 battle, the battle that John Sertorell refuses to admit is a battle. is happening, but anyone, <laughs> anyone with an, an understanding of what this team's makeup is most likely supposed to be, and also math, uh, it is Brink v. Forster. Now, we're, there are possibilities for them we'll, both we'll making. It. We'll get into it, but I just want to get into a couple of the non-Brink Forster things from last night's game before we move on sure. to uh, today. Um, Cam Atkinson was everywhere, it looked like to me. He just yeah. noticeable shift to shift, lots of energy, uh, scoring chances, going to the – he looks like Cam Atkinson. He does. He does. He had that really nice goal. It was like a falling down backhander. He does. He just – he looks like his old self. You know, I've been skeptical of his ability to come back from his injury, but it's mostly just because he's 34 years old, because he's already getting that stage of his career where, you know, he just might not be as good as he used to be. But if he is, it's huge for the Flyers. And we've talked about it on the show is that it's not necessarily huge for the Flyers because Cam Atkinson scoring 28 goals this season is going to save them. It's not. But it's huge for the Flyers because if Cam Atkinson is still Cam Atkinson, then, you know... Thanksgiving rolls around, you bring Cam Ackes into the office and you say, Cam, so, you know, glad you're back. You've been awesome. You've been great around the kids. Do you want to chase down a cup? Because we can make that happen for you. (laughs) (laughs) We can make it happen for you. I would really like, I mean, just for him. I don't want anyone to be stuck here. (laughs) It's it's not, if I'm at that stage in my career, especially now getting over what it appears Cam Atkinson is coming back from, you really want to win 22 games this year? Yeah, like that just I don't seems, think they're going to be that bad. I, but, I don't but, think but I so. do. Okay. I, Cam, 32. Cam Atkinson has to know that even in a best-case scenario, this team ain't challenging for a cup. Yeah, it's it, 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 the absolute best from everybody. They're losing in five or six to Carolina in the first round. Yeah. Like that's exactly that's the ceiling of this team. Yeah, and and if you could turn Cam Atkinson into you know either a, a decent prospect or a solid pick at the trade deadline before. For the trade deadline, even next offseason when he's a rental, like that, all of this is good for what they're trying to execute, which is a rebuild where you're trying to accumulate assets and build for the future. Cam Atkinson, he's not going to be part of the next great Flyers team. He's just not going to be. But could he bring in a piece or two that could be part of the next great Flyers team? Maybe. But the only way he's going to do that is if he bounces back. He's not Gordy Howe. He can't play into his 40s. He's <laughs> not going to be part of the next great Flyers team. Uh, but I really liked what I saw. I was happy yeah. for him. Like I'm, look, I'm, I'm happy for him as a person. Yeah, too. definitely. Because, I mean, just like Couturier, he went through a lot of shit last year. Yeah. You know, he thought he was going to be able to come back, battled through it. Then he essentially was told by his doctor, like, no. Hey, if you try to play through this, you might lose feeling in your hand. And he's like, all right, maybe I should have this surgery then. <laughs> and that's, yeah, you know, I think of like, you know, Landis Cog being like, yeah, I might never be the same again, but it's in pursuit of a cup. Yeah. Atkinson's doing it for a team that we're like, lose, lose on purpose. <laughs> what are you doing? So like, I'm happy that he's going to at least have a chance to. One, be an NHL player again, and two, move on. It's yeah. best for everyone, I think. Uh, another note, the power play. Um, what I like the mix and match, trying to figure out what works best. Okay, Bobby Brink's handling the puck well. Let's move him up to that top unit. Uh, but the point men on the power play, how's this... How's this going to work out? Well, they just kind of gave everyone looks last yeah. night. They were just cycling through. I, you know, I thought Travis Sanheim actually looked pretty decent. He did. And 
they've never really given him never. like two or three months of just like <laughs> see what you can do on the power play. It's unbelievable. It's really especially because like dating back to his days in junior hockey, he was a real good power play quarterback, and he never really got that look. So this is the kind of year where why not? And also it does it does seem like, and maybe this is just going to be a thing does seem like Torts is back to playing the games with Cam York a little bit where like I'm not going to give you anything kid you got to earn it so I thought it's that fine. York was going to be kind of handed that power play one role now that D'Angelo's gone now that Provorov isn't in the mix to complain every day that he should actually be on the power play even though he's terrible at it I thought they were just going <laughs> to kind of give it to York doesn't look like they're just going to give it to York so maybe Sandheim <laughs> will get a long look. Sandheim's got to be sitting there looking at York potentially seeing power play one time like are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know? And listen, early in the career, like, Gostas Bear's there. Yeah. You're not getting power. Like, of course it's not. the one thing he definitely can do. Yeah. Uh, but, like, we've been begging for it for years. Like, just show us. It just. See, if he fails, he fails. I mean, to me, not like. saying he's going to be great at it. Like, when, like, Tony D'Angelo, obviously, you know, to, first of all, it's his thing. Ghost. The thing that had to have been really Pro frustrating. Who stinks? Well, it's just because the thing with the Pro Off power play stuff was that he had the one year yeah, the one year where every yeah. shot went in yeah but beyond that he was always bad at it yes. and the reason why they never were willing to, to give anybody else a look on power play too it was because they knew that Provorov would basically throw a tantrum if they ever pulled him off the power play they finally did it and lo and behold he did throw a tantrum he got real pissy about it you but like say. It has to be really annoying when you're Travis Sanheim, you're watching this, you're watching somebody else on your team who obviously isn't good at something, and the only reason why he keeps being allowed to do it is because they're afraid he's going to get mad about it. And you're just like, give me a look. Like, at least give me a look. And, like, the dude ain't Brent Burns. (laughs) He's going to get mad about it, and he's like, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Guess you're going to have to be mad. Yeah, Uh, which is ultimately what they decided, but then as a result, they ultimately had to trade him because Pro decided he wasn't being valued here anymore, which, I mean, he wasn't, but it was also kind of his fault. Uh, Last thing on last night's game before we get into the bulk of the matter. Um Especially the the matchup list. I mean, it was it was like that first Devils game. Yeah, like yeah, but Boston, the opposite. Boston did Boston not, did their not have their A team on the ice last night. But after watching six periods of the Boston Bruins preseason, um, you can find make the playoffs no plus two thirty five at DraftKings on the Boston Bruins. And I gotta tell you, I wanted to use this as a setup eventually for the Atlantic Division preview, but we ain't getting to that till like Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so right. it's really just a setup to say football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet five dollars on football and get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets but nobody's missing out on the action this season all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game this month so get in on the nfl week four action with DraftKings sportsbook download the app now and use code phly to sign up new customers can bet just five dollars and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings sportsbook with code phly the crown is yours 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply it was a little early flub but for the most part it was good and i didn't update it to say week five week four is Mm. over yes fair that's you know i gotta write my own copy come on (laughs) i can barely read it Uh, so Amazing. it's time. It is time for today's main event on the uh, Flyers battle card. Um, Brink v. Forster, Tyson, Tyson v. Bobby. V Bobby. Uh, it is. It is exciting. Did, did Mike Tyson ever ever fight anyone named Bobby? He had to. He have. had to have. Right. Like, if not in the ring, like at a bar or well, something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Chances are, like, you know, there's a lot of Roberts running around. Oh my uh, god. So, Brink v. Forster. It has been the most debated. Like whether it's actually those two, because John Tortorella is like it's not. But when you just look at the makeup of this team. It is like you, you don't think. want them. You don't want either of them playing, even if the fourth line is not as set as we think it is. Like, let's say it's not. You don't want either of them playing nine minutes a game, right? No. Like that doesn't make sense. No. If, if they're making the team, you want both of them in, in the, the top, top nine, nine, which would presumably the only way I could see them making that work is if you yeah, you go to Scott Lawton and you say, for the good of the team, could you spend a few games to start the year on the fourth line? And I absolutely think Scott Lawton would do that. I don't think he'd have an issue with it. The thing is that they love that fourth line so much. And would that just, when you look at, because you're not just, okay, we have to make it work for these two guys. We have to make it work for the organization. Yeah. So then does that mean Ryan Paling is the 13th forward? And then are we putting Wade Allison on waivers? And while Wade Allison seems to be, I mean, Lozinski's gone and Allison isn't, so he's still here. You don't want to lose him for nothing, even though he's not a guy they seem to make a big priority. He is good. He's a good player. I don't think you want to risk losing him. It just doesn't seem to work. I mean, I don't think you have to. Like, you could could have both those guys and keep Wade Allison as the 14th forward. It's doable. You just couldn't keep eight defensemen, which I don't necessarily think they're going to do anyway. So you could make that work. My thing is more that... They've really liked Ryan Paling's camp. I don't think he was amazing last night, but they've really liked his camp. They see real value in Nick Delorier being there to protect the kids, and they really like Garnet Hathaway. I really like Garnet Hathaway. He's a really good fourth liner. So if that's your fourth line and that that's set in stone, then you look at the top nine. Who's in the top nine? Okay, your centers are Sean Couturier, Noah Cates, Morgan Frost. They're locked in, presumably. Then you've got Cam Atkinson, who not only do you want to have him play because you want him to prove he can play, he's more than earned his spot in the starting lineup. He looks real good. Owen Tippett, he ain't going anywhere. Travis Konechny, he ain't going anywhere. Joel Farabee, like, okay, maybe he's a guy where you, you put a little pressure on and say, we need a little more from you. But I think he's had a pretty good camp. So there, there's four guys right there. That basically leaves Lawton as your only guy who maybe you can move down, but then you run into, 
if they're not putting him on the fourth line, are you going to scratch Scott Lawton in no. order to play Tyson Forrester He's, and Bobby Brink in the top nine? Scott Lawton is easily one of the 12 best forwards on this easily. team, and he's the only guy wearing a letter still. Yeah. Like, he ain't getting scratched, and he shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, I will say, though, this leads me to the idea of a possible trade prior to the opener on the 12th. I have listed four potential trade candidates. Cam Atkinson, who... He's still going to need to prove he can do it. I don't think he has value. He doesn't yet. have value at this very minute. Yet. Yeah. It, like, yes, again, Thanksgiving, Christmas, leading up to the deadline. Sure. Right now, I'd be skeptical. Uh, Scott Lawton, I think he has the most trade value. He's got value. He's the most tradable asset because of salary role and oh, all you, that if, if you wanted to trade scott lawton in an hour you could do it yes because danny beer could just call up the six teams who probably asked about him in the offseason and say yeah. what will you give me for him the thing is is that number one i think briere rightfully realizes that lawton's the kind of guy who could spark a bidding war so why trade him now now why not wait until we're leading up to the deadline and teams, teams have accrued some cap space yeah they've accrued some cap space and also they they've decided man we have a chance of winning the cup but we need that one more piece we need that guy and scott lawton is that piece so that's number one number two and this is just flat out telling the truth I don't think they want to trade him. I don't think they do I don't do think either. they want to trade Scott no. Lawton. So I don't if think... If they did, he'd be traded. Yeah, like the last thing I think they're going to do is rush panic trade Scott Lawton just to fit these two guys in the top nine. And like, look, I, I really like Tyson Forrester. I think he's ready. I really like what I've seen from Bobby Brink at this camp. But it is not at all the realm of possibility that Bobby Brink is just on a heater and five games into the season, he's going to be scuffling and getting scragged, getting benched or getting like he's getting the torts treatment where a shift into the second period, he doesn't see the ice again. Then you're like, oh shit, we got to send this guy down because he's not getting playing time. And then you just traded, you traded Scott Lawton to for get no reason. for no real reason. You rush traded him and maybe didn't get full value that you could have gotten five months down the road if you would have waited till the deadline. So I don't think they're going to panic trade Scott Lawton or Travis Connect. Or Travis Konechny. Why would you? So to me, like... And then Wade Allison's my fourth one. That doesn't really solve your problem. It doesn't solve the... Because he's not in the... Probably not in the lineup anyway. Yeah. So what does that do? It just makes it less likely you're going to lose him on waivers, but you could keep him as an extra forward. So... Yes, there are ways they could theoretically solve this problem, but I just don't think they're smart ways. To me, I the, every way I look at this... Look... What I would do if I was the, if I were the Flyers, I would for now bump Scott Lawton down to line four, sit Nick Delorier for the first week and a half, and then see what happens. I don't think they will ever do that. No. So like that's not something I'm even like thinking is an option because while it's what I would do, I don't think it's what they would. And that's do. we've talked about this so many times, and I tweeted it last night. I think I might have quote tweeted you to say it. What we want and what we would do versus what is most likely going to be the organizational approach. Two different debates. Exactly. We can sit here all day and go, oh, sit this guy. But, like, they have a vision in mind. Like, this culture thing is a big deal to well, them. And, and the way they'll look at it, too, is that, like, oh, so you're, you're telling me now we're going to put two rookies in our top nine yeah. and then not have the fighter to protect them? And, again, like, you can agree or disagree with that line of thinking, but that is the line of thinking. Like, why else would they have Nick Delorier? I guess... If I had to come up with a cross between what I would like to see them do, what 
I think they should do and what potentially they could do, you ping pong both guys. Keep the, uh, keep the competition going. Mm. And yeah, Tyson Forster makes the team out of camp because he was the favorite going in. And then in two weeks, we give Bobby Brink two weeks. And Forster, go score some goals in the AHL. You'll be back. Keep that going for a month or two. And they, another option, and I don't think they're necessarily going to go this route because I think they they feel it's important for these guys to be playing in as many games as possible. But what you could do is you could kind of do a variation of that where they both make the team because they both deserve it. And then Forrester plays game one, Brink plays game two. You keep the competition going a week into the season and see who plays better in those games. And the guy who plays better stays and the guy who doesn't have an impact goes back down to, to wait for an injury. Now, uh, we put together a little tail of the tape based on their preseason numbers. If we have that, uh, do we have that ready, Andrew? Awesome. So I uh, just a little, a little look at what the, what Forster and Brink have done to this point uh, of the preseason. Uh, we have, you know, their draft pedigree and all that. We know Tyson Forster, first round guy. He was the favorite coming in, right. but uh, yes, the possibility absolutely exists that Brink is on a heater and that's it and you know point all point producers goal scorers streaky and he's just maybe on one of those streaks right now he has earned it i don't he's, think he's been better i don't think there's a like tyson forster has been fine but when you just look at their totals uh preseason totals three games no goals one assist and even rating two shots on goal for tyson forster four games for brink he's got a goal and two assists he's plus one eight shots on goal I just see a more assertive, more productive guy right now. And if it's just about what happened in this camp and in this preseason, it's Bobby Brink. Now, there's a game left. Tyson Forster could have a hat trick. And it's like, yep, yep, he wins because right. he was going to win anyway. And right. now he's knocked the door down. But I, I see one guy who's been more effective than the other, and it's Bobby Brink. I guess the thing for me, and this just, I think, just speaks to sort of the way I tend to view hockey is that... I'm naturally skeptical of small sample sizes. I'm more looking at like, okay, who do I think is the true talent better player? And the thing that that gives me pause with Brink is that yes, all of what you said is true. Over these last few games, Brink has been better. Brink has produced more. Brink has just passed the eye test more. He's done more things. The thing that gives me pause is like, if we were having this conversation on Thursday, which was like five days ago, <laughs> this wouldn't like this wouldn't even be a question. So like we're we're now saying that Bobby Brink has jumped Tyson Forrester because he's had three really good games in a four day span. Like I I don't know. Tyson Forrester has been better this entire calendar year. Bobby Brink has been better for four days. Like, is that enough to jump him? Like, maybe. Maybe if you really are just judging this on camp. And, hey, they played a lot of games in a short period of time and Brink was better. Then sure. But... I still look at these players and I still say I think Tyson Forrester is the better true talent player than Bobby Brink right now. And if that's what I'm judging it on, and I, to me, like that's what I would judge it on, I think Forrester still deserves it because to me, like everything Forrester did for the Phantoms last year, everything he did in the NHL last year, everything he did over the summer, Forrester was even better than Brink at rookie camp. Like to me, 
I, I wonder if people are being a little bit blinded by the shiny new toy here yes. because Brink has been so good so recently. Whereas if I looked at, at the totality of both of their resumes, I still think Forrester deserves it more. No, like the first, like six of our first eight shows we did here at PHLY were about Tyson Forrester, yeah. you know? And now Bobby Brink has had, like you said, three good days, uh, three good games in four days. But we talked about that yesterday, like giving him the three and four and then seeing how maybe his best one was last night, even though, even though he didn't put up like he, it's not like he had three points. Uh, he could have. He, yeah, he was, <laughs> he sure he was just he was just really he looked really, really good in that third game in four days. Yep. And that to me was a test. Now, a little unfair. Forster did not get the chance. He did not play in Saturday's game. Uh, they elected to play the two dudes who later got waived and Forster sits that one out. And maybe <laughs> if we have. Maybe if we have the even competition and Forster has two goals in that game, it's like, well, okay, he's been better. But Brink's just, it's always hard for me. Like, if it's all about account, uh, like accountability and earning it, Bobby has. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a really tough decision, which is why the right decision... Good decision well, that well, it's well, tough. The right decision here, unfortunately, they backed themselves into a corner where I don't know if they're going to be able to make it, was exactly what Joel Farabee said after the game, was that they've both been great, they both deserve to be here. And, like, that would be the ideal. And you know what? Maybe they'll find a way. Who knows? Maybe somebody sprains their ankle in practice. Just And I'm not saying that it's a fake, but I'm just saying that, like, you never know. It's hockey. And then suddenly the problem's solved for you because then you can keep both of them. So this could – I almost wonder if that's kind of what they're waiting on. It's just, like, hoping against hope this problem solves itself. Yeah, like – why 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 make the decision before we absolutely have to yeah. Like, uh, like, especially with this freaking team's luck. Yeah, right. Like, you know, like, there's a good chance one of them gets hurt and freaking two Amalo makes the yeah. team. Like, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, would it, would it shock anyone if just like there's like a medical emergency that happens to one of the players out of nowhere? Like, really, not that I'm rooting for no. it, but like it's the freaking Flyers. Yeah. They, they have three a year. <laughs> yeah. Med, like medical emergencies, three yeah. a year. Yeah. It just keeps happening to them. Uh, you know, they were... The freaking Jonesy was joking about it uh, yeah. during the uh, during the broadcast the other night, like about uh, him and JJ were, you know, like this keeps happening. JJ said it in your interview with him, like this keeps happening to us every year. We go into the season with two guys who already have season ending injuries. Like, it's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So hopefully it doesn't happen. But there is always that opportunity. And there's always that opportunity as the year goes along. No, like, and, and that is the thing, too. And I, I want to make this point because understandably everybody's very focused on opening night and it's a big deal it's an honor for these guys they want to be in the game one roster they want to be able to you know celebrate with their parents and their family and their friends that i made the nhl it's a big deal that said you're in the lineup game three it's the same like, thing regardless of who wins this battle and who loses this battle they're both going to get a lot of nhl games this year if they don't it's because they stunk in the nhl not because the organization doesn't yes. want to give them a lot of games in the nhl there will be at least that's like that's my thinking now instead of a lazinski who just got waived instead of a Lixell, like if bobby brink doesn't make it out of camp he has played himself into first call up. Oh, 100%. Like, he is now 100%. in that realm of, oh, yeah, we need someone. Come on up. Yep. Instead of a, like, lower ceiling guy who we just think can hold his own, it might be, uh, this is different but because it was an emergency thing and Drew was in juniors at the time, but it's like, give the kid a chance. Yeah, like, that sort of... Th 
okay, let's call him up and let's see what he's now that first guy rather than, oh, we're going to go with a fourth liner who's just going to plug in and hopefully we can survive with him out there. I think that's an important point. And it's something that, you know, I've tried not to lose track of, but because the battle is so much fun to write about and to talk about. Like, I made it look like an event card in our tweet today. I like main event, triple threat. Tell the tape. But the really important part of this, because I'm not concerned about Tyson Forrester. I, I still think very highly of him as a prospect. I still think that he's going to get the offensive side of his game going. Now, whether that happens in the NHL, whether that he has to score 10 points in 10 games in the AHL before he gets that call, I guess time will tell. But the really important part about this is that Bobby Brink, who came into this camp, really came into main camp because he was not good in rookie camp. He came into main camp and you're thinking like, where does this guy fit? You know, is, is he a prospect that's kind of on the decline? And what he's done over these four days is just put himself so much back on the radar screen as not just like, uh, he's an interesting prospect as a, hey, this guy's a fun prospect and I want to see this guy. And good for him. You know, good for Bobby Brink because he had a tough year last year. He had the hip surgery when he came back. I mean, I didn't watch these Phantoms games, but from what I heard, like the first month he was with the Phantoms, like he was basically skating with a limp. He was like producing points and I was like, it looks pretty good. And then asked you about it and you're like, everyone I've talked to says he looks like shit. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that was the truth. Everybody who I talk to that watches the Phantoms on a regular basis, who I respect and I, I trust that they know hockey, was like, yeah, he's getting assists here in there but like it looks ugly and then finally at the end of the year he started to pick it up he started to I think get more comfortable get more healthy things like that but there's a reason why Bobby Brink even though like Tyson Forrester got the audition Elliot Zanoye got the audition Ronnie Adder Adam Jennings they all got the audition you know who didn't get an audition at the end of the year Bobby Brink and there's a reason for that and he had played it was he, pl- for, uh, yeah. he played 10 games the previous year yeah. it was 10 yeah. after, was, after he got signed and that was it. Exactly. Did not get a call. Exactly. Up, so. And that speaks yeah. to the fact that he really, the numbers were a little bit misleading. He wasn't that good in the minors. I think in large part that was because of the hip surgery, but facts are the facts. And he wasn't that great in the minors. And what he's done in this camp is very much, I think he's convincing a lot of the doubters yes. that he's a legitimate top nine I forward was, prospect. I was very high on him, just what I read about him. And I knew some people who uh, were at Denver. Like I was very, very excited about I it. I watched it. Game but of we, his at Denver we've one had um, a lot of dudes who it's like, oh, they're ascending, they're ascending, and hit some sort of speed bump. Whether it's uh, you know, like that sort of hip surgery, and when I hear hip, I think oh, core muscle. You right, know, right. I start, th- and then they never, and then they plateau, and they never reach what I, we think. And it was, oh, here we go, another high ceiling guy who wasn't that fast to begin with, and now he's got something going on in his midsection and he's just never going to be that and at least he's played his way into it. No, he's he's looked good Yeah, and you know how else you might be able to look good, Bill? I was going to go with, you know, Charlie, you're talking about fit (laughs) and if you're looking for the perfect fit, well, FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season. Oh, it's going to be nice out there tonight, baby. Phillies tailgate, it's happening. Red uh, Red October is here. Are you sure going to is. the game tonight? I am not going to the game tonight, ah. but I will be at the game tomorrow. Ah, excellent. Okay. Well, if you're out there, uh, if you're going to be out there for anything this October, if you're going to be out there for uh, Eagles tailgates, whatever it might be, Foco has you covered. Overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for the game, they have you. Uh, and not just that, man. 
cool team apparel, but also accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, anything you need to maybe build a podcast studio like this one. Cool stuff behind you. Foco has that. And they always have our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get all the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. And for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY. That's promo code PHLY for 10% off. Uh, so that's that's really the... I just wish there was a, a realistic way for them both to make the team brink and force. I mean, like I just want to see. You know it. what? Like, and we're going by we're going by what John Tortorella has said. John Tortorella keeps trying to claim that yeah. we'll find a way. So maybe John Tortorella maybe can, is. can truly move mountains and find a way. Maybe we're going to be the first team to go with a a thirteen forward. Uh, starting lineup in game one. Why not? Yeah. Well, why not? Why not? Yeah, it's not like they have six NHL defensemen <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, you know, no, you know what? Actually, I have liked. I've been pleasantly surprised by what I've seen out of the defense, and now a lot of that is based on a couple of games against the Bruins. And last night, it's not exactly an all-star team out there. Not uh, but even we close. do have we do have some uh, some guys hanging around. I think you and I tweeted it like the exact same time last night. Like Zamula stepped up in the neutral zone, just made a really nice really, interception, really good, yeah. really good read to intercept a pass, break up what would have been a uh, an entry and it was both like man, like that's exactly what I want to see out yeah. of him and yeah. it, it, he really could play game 1. I would put him in the lineup for game one. And, you know, he had a really rough year developmentally last year to the point where I I have a feeling some people in the organization may have soured on him a little bit. But I think he's done a good job so far in this camp of kind of rehabilitating his value. Now, whether that's enough, I guess we'll see. But it's worth noting that the Flyers did today put Tanner Lezinski and Cal Peterson on waivers, presumably in anticipation of sending both of them down. Here's the thing. Igor Zamula would also have to clear waivers to be sent down. Now, they don't have to finalize their their lineup until early next week. But the fact that he hasn't been put on waivers yet, it does seem like it's a good sign. Yeah. It seems like it's a good sign for the possibility that he will make this team. And if he does make this team, why not play him? Well, that's like at this point with him, if he's not going to play, wave him. Like let someone well, else. I mean, I mean, I, I know because there's going to be an injury. I still want it. If there's going to be an injury and he can end up playing 80 games, yeah. even though he's the quote unquote seventh defenseman or what, I get it. It's just like I, I'm ready to see him or never talk about him again. I'm not at the Steph Driver. I'm done with him. Point. <laughs> it's it's not that. I just like. What are we doing here? If he's not in the lineup, what is the point? To me, like. The frustration that I would have if Zamula were to be waived is that I just feel like he's earned it. I think he's yeah, played. I think he's yes. played well enough at this camp to not only make the team but start in game one. I think honestly, his partnership with Travis Sanheim that that has potential. That looked. I, I, it, it I tweeted after that first shift of them together where uh, it was Zamula set up Sanheim on like a nice cross yeah. ice play uh, for a scoring chance. I was like, I've seen enough. Zamula Sanheim, first deep pair. I think there's upside there. And they had a good game last night. I don't know if you were able to watch the full game, the Boston game on Friday night. I know you were on vacation. I watched some of, some it. of it. I've seen some of it since then. They I didn't were, watch it that they night. They were really good on Friday. Okay. Like that, that pair was fantastic. I thought Zamula was really good just in terms of doing the little things to let Sanheim do the big things. And that's so key to me. Like Sanheim, again, not exactly a prospect. I mean, 
well beyond well that beyond point. Prospect. But still a guy we're looking to unlock. Like I think of Sandheim the way uh, the way Tortorella yelled at Tippett last year. Like I don't know what you are. Yeah. I st- and like Tippett much younger than Sandheim. <laughs> yeah. But like after all of this time, drafted nine years ago. I don't know what Sandheim I mean, is, and yeah. it's not yeah, as I'm, I'm, skeptical I'm much, as I I'm am much of more him. of a Sandheim guy than you no, are. I, I, I'm not even blaming him entirely. It's not like, oh, I think he sucks. I'm just like, I don't know exactly what he is. I think there's something else there. I haven't seen it. It's, it's hypothetical, but like, I want to see him unlocked, and what I've seen with Zamula so far, it's like he is that steadying force that could maybe potentially unlock Sanheim. I think there's two types of Travis Sanheim haters, and one type of hater I have no time for, and the other type of hater I completely understand where they're coming from. The type of hater I have no time for is the people that just think, well, he doesn't hit, so he sucks. It's like, shut up. He's a really good defenseman in a lot of other ways. I'm sorry that he's six foot three and doesn't throw his weight around, but that's just not his game. Deal with it. The, the haters that I I understand are the ones that are coming at it more from your perspective where it's like I acknowledge he's decent but I think he could be so much more yes. and it's frustrating because he shows flashes of that and by some, sometimes it's a game sometimes it's three months but he shows flashes of being a really really good NHL defenseman and then always seems to regress back into just being an okay one and I, I get that frustration because that has been the majority of his career now granted by the underlying metrics by advanced stats aside from last year when they were just in the toilet his underlying numbers have always been good and I've always been able to fall back on that when I argue for his value but even I watch him sometimes and I'm like man you do have all the physical tools to be a top pair defenseman and instead you're a three because you'll be real good three nights and then the fourth night you'll be a liability and yeah like not just fade into meh like be actively bad yeah. for a week. Yeah. And then yeah. you just go, who, what, what, that's why I'm like, I still don't know who he is. Maybe if this is a way to actually find out who he is, then I'm all for it. But only one preseason game left. Yes, Zamula didn't get waived. Adder, Jing, Adder, Adder, <laughs> Jinning, and Andre all still here. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be here at least through the next day because while we were on the show, we did get oh, okay. e- we did get an email from the Flyers Public Relations Department saying that the only and basically the only announcement they're making today is they've placed Lazinski and Peterson on waivers. Presumably, if they were going to make cuts, they would have included it, would it in that email. One, in one message. Yeah. So I guess they're all going to be around at least one more day, at least because today's an off day. They're not practicing, so we're not aware of anyone being on the because this is the union mandated you need to give these guys a break day off for camp (laughs) they will be back on the ice tomorrow then there will be the final preseason game at home on thursday now i did ask john tortorella at the end of his press conference last night is thursday's game going to kind of be a dress rehearsal of game one and he basically said mostly he said there might be a couple battles that we're still looking at you know i wouldn't be shocked if we see both forrester and brink in that lineup. I would be shocked give, if we don't. To give them both one last shot to make their cases. But for the most part, I think that's going to be a starting lineup. I don't see Adder, Jenning, and Andre being in that starting lineup. I could be wrong. But to me, Adder had... Adder Can had, we just talk about that fucking blast last night? He's got a great shot. Oh, my God. And that's why I like him so much. I love him. He's a fun prospect. He's so fun to watch. But He's had an uneven camp. I thought he's uneven. That's him. He's, he's an uneven player. But you, you look back at his games. 
the Wednesday game last week, I thought he was atrocious in the first period and then really good in the second and third. Then I thought on Saturday, I thought he was pretty much bad all the way around. Then last night, I thought it was 50-50. I thought he had some really good shifts where he he jumped in the play. He had that, that booming shot that Farabee deflected in for a goal. He was more active. He was more aggressive. And then he had some shifts where you're like, Ronnie, what are you doing? So to me... He hasn't banged the door down to the degree that he would have had to to make this team, especially with somebody like Zamola playing, in my eyes, as well as he's been playing. And that's, I think, same, and not even has stood out as much, but Jinning and Andre, like, these guys are in it, but they're going to have to, especially if Zamula's going to make it, now you're replacing a stalwart or Mark Stahl. Like, yeah. Sean Walker, still, you know, he's going to make the team, I assume. You would think. You would think. But we'll see how it all... Uh, I, 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 I'm a huge Emil Andre guy, and I wanted him to show... So I wanted him to do what Brink has done, where you're just like, man, how do we keep this guy off the roster? He's just that good. And Andre's been uneven. There's he's the, had moments, but I think I watch him as a, as a big-time Emil Andre fan, and I say, you know what? He he would benefit from 30 games in the AHL. And then when he's really rolling down there, then you call him up. Yeah. And I think that it, like, that's it totally hurt. fair. Like we're talking about like Brink has earned it and maybe it's just like, yeah, Forster's better though. So if it's like, if that's the way uh, Andre out, yeah. hasn't beaten anyone out no, and that's, that's just what it's going to come down to. And then Jinning, um, Jinning, like he's one of those guys where nice call up. He's a nice call up and they really like him. I'm still, he's just, I think the thing was just not He's just not my type of defenseman. Yeah. He's the kind of guy where if if you gravitate more towards the stay-at-home safe guys, you're going to find more value in Jinning. I tend to gravitate more towards the defensemen that actively move the play, that are, are actively making an impact, whereas Jinning's impact is always, I think, going to be more passive. And so that's, that's never going to catch my eye the way it on very well. I think there's a place for those guys. You need them. But I don't, like... Yeah, have a Justin Braun. Don't have three. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, like, you don't need three. Yeah. You yeah. need one or two. Yeah. That's one, maybe. Like, yeah, that's, I'm just like. Two if you have like well, a Mark Edward Vlasic in his prime type yeah, guy. And like actually good at defense, yeah. not someone you say is a stay at home defenseman because they just stink. Yeah. You know who we're talking yeah, like, about. Yeah, I, I can go with a Justin Braun and a Brett yeah. Pesci because Brett Pesci is like a borderline top and, pair defenseman. And, yeah. And like, doesn't score a lot of points. Yeah, he can like move the play. It's just when they're in the offensive zone, he's not scoring. Exactly. But yeah. I'm with you there. Uh, before we get to the rest of our mailbag questions from Mailbag Monday yesterday, because it's Tuesday, uh, just the final battle, the goalies. The goalies! Um, Cal Pit Every time I hear somebody say the word goalie. He's the goalie! I, the goalie! Yes. With Wolf the Dennis Stenson yes, from absolutely. B2. I, just, I, I hear it in my head, and I feel the need to say the it. The goalie's just allowed to take off his mask and shoot the puck. Tease up the puck! <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, so the goalie battle. Uh, we lose Cal Peterson today. He is now out of it, sent down, we believe. Presumably. At least, he's presum at least on waivers. Yeah, at least he's been waived. We assume it is now down to Sam Ersan versus Why Felix do you Sandstrom. always say Urson? That's it, what, it's, er, it's, it's Urson. That's what I said, no, and you, you told me it was the other no, one. you say Urson. It's Urson. I, it's like you're an Urson you person. You do this shit to me on purpose. <laughs> I swear, you change it anyway. It's, it's the one we like versus the one we don't like. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Sam versus Felix. Uh, Felix still here. He has to pass through waivers as yeah. well. Urson doesn't. Ah. <sighs> Urson looked good last night. Now, 14 shots. I mean, 
The Bruins did nothing. Yeah. They had like a little burst, I think, maybe at the end of the first period. But like, they were they never had the puck. It looked like the two teams switched jerseys. Like, yeah. if you, the way the game should unfold based on last year's Flyers and Bruins, it's like they switched jerseys. Yeah, I, I think Urson's had a good camp. He's been I, good. I don't think he's been. I think he had a better camp last year. But I also think last year he had more to prove. You know, he was coming off of an injury plagued year. I think he just really came in with a chip on his shoulder. This year, it's just been business-like. Yeah, I'm real good, and I'm going to be real good every time I go out there. That's been what I've seen pretty much from Urson. Really, the only the only flaw he's had in this camp, and I can't really give him shit for it, he can't stop David Pasternak. But, like, what goalies can? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. That McDavid lit him up. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's got it. Like, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, it's... Do you think it's more about, like... I assume Sandstrom plays Thursday. I don't know because because if it's a dress well, rehearsal, but if, if it's a dress rehearsal, you play hard. You play hard, at least a period, maybe. They've been given the last couple games. They've been full games. They've been full games, and Urson got this full game. So if he got the full game in what might be the final game for a guy in Battling. this battle, does that tell you he's probably going to win it? I mean. I'm leaning towards he's got this job, but I've been surprised before. Do you think, like, last year it really came down to, uh, we don't want to put Sandstrom through waivers. And that was the determining factor, yeah. and that was backed up by the fact that they basically refused to play him unless it was the back end of a back-to-back. And they kept three goalies for long yeah, stretches had, of the year because they were afraid they were going to lose him. Yeah, and then... Urson, you know, he good in, uh, good with the Phantoms. Now this year, like, is it more about Urson's better or not wanting to risk waivers? Like, is it going to come down to one or the other again this year? I, I mean, look, I could be totally wrong on this. I don't think anybody's claiming Felix Sandstrom. Right? He had an 880 save percentage last year. He's not young anymore, and not, I'm not saying that he doesn't have talent. He has the ability to make super acrobatic saves. He's an athletic goalie. Maybe there's something there, but everybody's sending down number three goalies around the side. To me, that might explain why he didn't get sent down today is because, well, number one, they want to keep pushing Urson. They want him. They don't want him to feel like he's got the job locked sure, up. Yeah. But number two, maybe you wait until closer to the end of camp when there are 15 other goalies on waivers that day too. And you think like, well, let's hope that there's five other ones that are clearly better than, than Sandstrom, that if a team is bad, has a goalie battling injury, they'll grab that guy if the rather team than is our called guy. the lightning yes that's i mean we can just Except, well, yeah, there, but there yeah, might be other there teams are too. other teams it's just that's the one everyone's like they don't have a goal yeah it's you know what maybe they don't field sandstrom ain't the fucking like that's not solving their problems <laughs> exactly like, you're yeah. not winning any more games well, with sandstrom than you are with whoever well, you have it is tampa you know they can turn uh, yeah yeah they turn shit into gold like every year yeah, so. i mean they stole danny mortel from us and i'm still bitter about yeah, it. yeah well he didn't do anything no he didn't that didn't work out exactly and that's basically what that would be if they were to claim Sandstrom I don't think that's going to happen but we'll see how that all works out but see me and Charlie are ready because a couple hours like I said baby it's game time it's going to be game time in Philadelphia and it's game time for all you out there listening listen buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have if you've never been to a Phillies playoff game Open up that game time app right now. That's all I that's all I can tell it's you. It's an incredible it's atmosphere. It's the greatest yeah. thing in the city sports. And 
I, I tweeted this last night. Hockey is my favorite sport. Number one team for me is the Flyers. The Eagles are this other thing. In my, like, <laughs> it's like a religion. Th- there are civic religion. That's what I. It's it's not a sport. It's this other thing. Yeah. Red October, there's nothing quite like it. So use that game time app because it's the place for last minute ticket deals. Uh, forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Uh, the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best prices. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. It's uh, just another Mailbag Monday on this Tuesday. Except it's Tuesday. We have a few minutes left in the show, <laughs> so we'll get to some of these, I hope, and see you tomorrow, fam. That's the beauty of we, a five-day-a-week show. We should show. have the, uh, the, the graphic just have, like, <laughs> like a scratch ha- hastily out. scribbled out Monday. <laughs> we need one for every day where it's crossed <laughs> out. We're gonna, this is just how I do the show. Uh, so we're going to lead it off with a question from uh, someone we've been hearing a lot from on Twitter lately. Uh, email Andre fan. I mean, is this just one person, or are it's there a lot of... It's just his account name. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, there's probably one, but it's this is his account name. Uh, obviously, this is far into when the team is good again, but do you see York Andre or a future D-man we draft? Uh, we've already drafted, possibly winning a Norris Trophy. Do you think any of them have that sort of, not just not top payer, but... McCarr Fox upside. I feel bad saying this to someone whose handle is a Emil Andre, Andre fan, fan but yeah. I, I would say no. no. To me, if they have a Norris Trophy candidate, it's they're some, drafting him this year at five. Yeah, it's someone who they haven't drafted yet. Yeah. I just, I, I, I really like York. Not I really like Andre. I like Bond too. I don't think they have that clear cut number one in their system yet. And I, I think that's one of the big things they need. It's one of the glaring. Yeah. Like if. If you were strictly drafting for need, if you're in the lottery this year, wherever, like, if this is, this is a needs-based draft, which is you should never, ever do, no. never, ever once draft for need. Agreed. Um, well, at least not in the first round. Yeah, not, yes, sir. You want to take a fourth rounder because we don't have any centers and we want to yeah. go ahead. Who cares? It's the fourth round. Um, it's a defenseman. Like that's what they would do if yeah. they were drafting for. Yeah, Nick. like I'm not, I'm not reaching for a defenseman if I have the opportunity to no. take Macklin Celebrini. But if it's a tiebreaker, if it's a tiebreaker, then I might. Yeah. yeah. All right. So that's I don't see anyone with Norris potential. I don't know if I see anyone. You don't with see Travis Sanheim as a Norris Trophy winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Aaron Mays. This. <laughs> Uh, from Aaron Mays, one of the main problems with the old Flyers was the inability to develop players even after they have breakout seasons. Do you expect last year's breakout guys, uh, second half Frost, Noah Cates, maybe we can throw Tippett in there too, throw Tippett in there, yeah. uh, to be able to continue to be productive, continue to ascend? Like that is something that we've seen. Like we loved early Ivan Provorov. Yeah. And then it's like, 
he never got better. He might have got worse. Yeah. Like maybe we were just overrating him because he looked competent. And we were like, oh my God, we have a competent guy. That was, was probably like, part of it. And that's, that's probably, <laughs> well, it was like, well, if he's capable of doing this at 1920, okay, when he's 24, he's going to be one of these Norris guys. And it was like, no, what he was at 19 is what he is. Yeah. You know, it's, an, it's interesting you bring that up because I, um, one thing I was doing before I got here, I'm working on a, uh, a set of features. Um, keep an eye out for this. I think one of them is going to be free one of them is going to be behind the paywall but it's it's a look at how they envision this new era of orange this rebuild going i did two interviews over the summer with uh with flyers uh Comcast Comcast spectacle ceo and chairman dan hilferty and then i did a one-on-one interview with uh with keith jones as well so it's taking a lot of what i what i learned from those interviews and, and making them into features but in my conversation with jonesy jonesy basically said that the biggest reason why they've put so much of an emphasis so far, like literally over the past three, four months on restructuring the player development department is because they they are frustrated that so many of their guys that were high-end prospects, they got to the NHL and they never got any better. Yeah. And to, to them, like prospect development doesn't end when you're an NHL player. The player development process continues and all too many Flyers players, they developed okay when they were not being developed by directly by the Flyers. And then when they got to the NHL team, they some of them got worse, but the vast majority just never got any better. Yeah, they and just were what they were. They just were what they were. And that's what I think they want to change. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about... I'm a little bit skeptical on Frost. I don't know if he has another gear. I hope he proves me wrong. I think Noah Cates is going to take a step forward this year. And with Tippett, like, I know Jim Jackson thinks he's going to be a 40-goal scorer. I heard that. would that. be pretty awesome. And uh, it's, <laughs> the odds aren't uh, – he's actually not listed on DraftKings in the 40-plus market. He is laughed, listed on the 30-plus market. Uh, that seems like a gimme, right? I'm betting it. Yeah, like he's going to score 30. He has, he's right? actually got shorter odds than Travis Konechny, which surprised me. Just because like okay. one's a better known player than the other. Yeah. But uh, he's it, it was like 25 cents difference or something. But I'm definitely betting him for 30 plus. Uh, I really appreciate how the Flyers brought in Patrick Sharp to help avoid the next Patrick Sharp. That's really like, <laughs> yeah. we, that's really going to the source of the problem. Yeah, Cause that's sure. always, we never want to give up on these guys either because all of us have Sharp and Williams yeah. stuck in our minds, even though it was 20 years ago. Um, well, let's get to one more here from pacifist hockey fan. I like this one. Whose name should I get on my new jersey? Tippett? Cates? Should I wait for Mitchkov? He's trying to get an Adidas jersey before the uh, company <laughs> that shall not be named sends him a misprinted, uh, you know, Mish with an S uh, jersey. I do, I do love that. That's, yes. It's, yeah, that they would. They yeah, absolutely would. I mean, didn't they send Steph like a blue Flyers jersey or well, something? I think when, <laughs> when like Nolan wrong. Patrick got drafted, Steph tried to get a Nolan Patrick jersey three times, and they kept sending her a jersey that was fl- it flipped the orange and the white into colors where like this isn't an actual jersey the Flyers ever worn. It's like they tried to make their own reverse retro, but by accident. And they sent her this that uh. same version of it like three straight times. She kept sending it back, and then they kept sending. <laughs> they they kept, probably just kept <laughs> sending her the same one. <laughs> Classic fanatics. Yeah. Um, who who should who do you think? Ah oh, man, that's a it's a really good one. Like man, it's hard not to want to wait for Mitchkov. Like just go with the guy, but you know I'm a big cutter guy, so maybe you know we're gonna see him hopefully in the spring. Mm-hmm. He'll be here. Yeah. Uh, most but of likely. the dudes of the dudes currently here, 
I don't know. Probably just probably just get a throwback Lindros. Okay. <laughs> get a get a throwback Clark. Get a barber. I, I, for me, and and this is again like my personal biases towards like the players that I like. If I was still in Flyers fan mode and not Flyers journalist mode, I feel like the guy who I would feel. I like to get jerseys of players who like aren't the quite next, the top tier. Like I don't have a Giroux. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah, I had a Giroux, um, but like. I would get a Noah Case jersey because to me, number one, he plays the game the way I want a guy to play the game. Number two, he's actually good. Number three, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon because they love this guy. Me and uh, me and my buddy Frankie, when uh, Mike Richards was still the assistant captain, Jason Smith here, um, ordered like authentic. We both bought them authentic Richards oh, jersey, fight ouch. straps, and everything, ouch. and we put the C on them a year early, and we both kind of believe deep down we're, we jinxed it. Like, we, we're the ones that You did. actually did. Yeah. It's like, all your fault. Yeah. An entire, we an own entire this era of Flyers hockey was we, ruined by you. We own these jerseys, and we're like, that summer, Mike Richards gets asked. He's like, I don't want it. Jason's the captain. I was like, but... But I bought it. <laughs> but I paid for it. Uh, all right. So that is uh, that's today's episode. If we didn't get to your questions, there's always tomorrow. Oh uh, but God. thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you hang in, haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button. Whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on a, in a podcast app, search PHLY Flyers and you'll find us. And uh, become a diehard member too. It's worth it. Trust we got, me. We got, got more content. We got coming. a lot more content coming. We have a lot more perks coming once the season gets started. It's going to be worth it for you. Go to allphly.com. Charlie's articles, I mean, worth it right there. But that's not all behind the payroll. We got more payroll. stuff coming, don't lots worry. Of, lots keep, of stuff keep, coming. Keep an eye out. I do think just maybe in the next maybe couple months, let's say, we might be having some uh, some prospect content behind the oh, Die Hard paywall. So uh, from, just keep an eye out. Maybe from across the pond, too. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, again, my name is Bill Matz. For Charlie O'Connor, ring the bell. Go Phils. Go Phils.